This episode of Red Seed is brought to you by Red Lifestyle Apparel. Rebuild, evolve, destroy. Check us out at redlifestyleapparel.com. Hello, 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 everyone. Happy New Year. Happy 2023. Welcome to Red Seed Season 2, Episode 2. My name is Jazzy, and here with me is my co-host, Manny. As always, we thank you guys for tuning in. You and you are in for a rude awakening. Actually, I feel like I am too. Manny was telling me a little something about someone special that we have here, and I just quickly told him to stop telling me because I want to be clueless. And it sounds kind of weird, but I just like knowing just what I know about someone and then getting to know them better here in the Red Sea because, again, red, rebuild, evolve, destroy. Every single one of us is red. But before I introduce who we have here, Manny... How was your New Year's? It was great. It was great. Low key. Uh, <clears throat> he yeah, spent it, it with great. me, so it was incredibly amazing, y'all. There. Yes, Hands there down. Right. right. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> but we wish y'all a great and blessed New Year. Um, nothing but the best for everyone. But let me take no more time into introducing who we have here with us. None other than Chris. That is your intro. You should be happy. I finally used that intro this year. I know. It's crazy. I was not expecting that great introduction, by the way. (laughs) I just say thank you all for having me on. I'm really excited. Um, Oh, man. I was really nervous coming up here. I'm not going to lie. But I don't know. It's something about an intimate setting is always like a little bit different for me. I'm used to like speaking in front of large crowds. But when it comes to like people that are very genuine, you know, I Mm -hmm. get kind of nervous because I'm like, man, I don't want to disappoint them. (laughs) But, you know. You guys broke the ice. So you're you're all good. You're all good. We've, we've chatted on uh, uh-huh. one and one before, one on one before, and you know what I mean. Uh, uh, I, I got that from you. you you're a natural. Uh, what do you call it? So uh, yeah, have at it, man. Just have all fun. Right. Chris, who do. is Chris? So uh, honestly, I don't even know myself. No, okay. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you will find out today. Well, so how would I describe myself? Um, I'm a very so like, I'm very self-motivated, mm-hmm. but not like self. Obviously, I feel like I find my motivation and obviously God is like a big, uh, big in, uh, part of my life. Like he is, um, he's a, he's a big center of my, my, um, and the motivation that I do. So, um, who am I? I'm just a guy who likes to serve, uh, do things for others. Um, I'm a big family oriented and I'm also um, serving other people so who i am i like to do a lot of different things but as long as it's in the act of service um that's where i get my cup that's where i fill my cup yeah. up where i'm like hey how can i help you how can i help motivate um how can i help change your life and i find that in different ways um a lot of it's like speaking a lot of it's um in my job that i do now today so yeah that's pretty much me like that's why i love that but it, it, <clears throat> it hasn't always been like this Right. I was yeah. just going to say, so, I'm like, this is amazing. Like, I love that. Like, you're just a people's person. That is your gift. That is your God-given gift is to serve. But were you always, like, into, like, serving? Or how how were you growing up? How What led you to this point? <laughs> See, I mean, because everybody yeah. has a testimony. Everybody has a story. Struggle, and, yeah. Everybody, yeah, and this absolutely. is what Red yeah. is about. And this is why I feel like it's coming that I'm going to get to know that side of you that I, I don't, I didn't know, you know? So who were you growing up? So, uh, man, I, and that and that's a good question because... Uh, I can go back from like early days, like when I was elementary school, I was very goofy and like the class clown and always was like 
super like trying to make people smile and happy and that's always been who i am like i've always been like hey like how can i make a joke like i'm a, I'm a big jokester like that's the biggest thing for me um so that was like my way of like hey how can i make someone happy for the day right um and it was crazy because i never knew why i was like that i was always like the the goofy kid in school like i was was picked on but like i was always like the class clown kind mm-hmm. of thing and, um, and Chris is not a small guy. I'm not. No, no I'm not. Yeah. No, Describe I'm, yourself. You you're are. How tall are you? I'm about six foot, yeah. uh, 220 pounds, <laughs> depending how I'm eating that week. <laughs> so when it says goofy, it's not like, you know, you know, uh, pair of eyeglasses with a piece of tape. Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> it's crazy because I transitioned my image as I've gotten older. But as when I was younger, I was like really like. I was always smiling, always like the girls would be like, oh, you know, who is that? And I would be like, oh, just laughing. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but, the, and, you know, just to go back to that, it's just like uh, me being like the goofy kid was always like a thing. But I think what happened was, is what when I was growing up, um, probably like majority of like, till I was like probably at the age of six, we moved around a lot. And I never knew why and understood why we moved out. We moved around a lot. Are you speaking like here in San Antonio? San Antonio. Okay, so okay. I'm, I'm strictly in San Antonio. So okay. I, just for ideas, I've lived every part of San Antonio. Gotcha. North okay. side, west side, south side, east side. So I've been in some tough areas. I've been in nice areas. Um, and so I moved around a lot. But I stayed in the same school because my mom was always like, hey, you need to have a foundation. Um, your friends are your friends. And so I was like, man, this sucks. We're going to move every couple of years. Like, you know, um, but I think it was like really cool because I got to experience new houses, have a new room, build my own clubhouses, that type of stuff. So I say about the age of six, seven years old, um, I noticed that it started to change as far as like um, as far as like my mom has always been my rock mm-hmm. and she's a strong woman. I could tell you this today um, that I love my mom like nobody else. Um, but what happened was is my dad my dad I started noticing some changes in my dad and um I, I was not expecting um that at that age because my dad was my superhero he's always like was like the cool dancer always laugh like the jokes he always was, you probably got that from him right like, you being goofy I, yeah that like makes the, sense. the caring aspect of my like me hugging my mom don't hug me at all even to this day she don't kiss me and she don't tell me she loves she's me. not affectionate yeah she's okay. like solid you know mom and so my dad was like the loving one right gotcha okay and so it was just me and my brother right so about six or seven i started noticing that my dad was like you know in and out of my life like i didn't really notice it because my mom was really good at protecting us from um what was going on so i want to say probably about 10 or 11 it's my dad um was his first time he went to rehab and for all attention purposes is that I thought my dad was an alcoholic and um, it was like really rough because I went from seeing my dad every day to not um, him not being present. And it was, it was pretty tough. I'm not going to lie. Up until that point when he went to rehabbing, this was around you were being 10 or 11 Were your parents still together. Yeah. So my parents are still together to this day. They've never, they've never separated. Okay. And, um, my mom has always been, you know, my dad is what he is. And my mom always was a true believer in marriage, through thick and thin, sickness or health. Um, it's always been one of those things where I'm like, hey, you know, you got to do what's best for you. But Correct. she's always like a big believer in marriage. Um, so my parents were always together. Okay. Uh, she believed in like the family unit. Uh, and I want to say about 12 years old, my dad um, 
So my dad would come home all messed up, and it was to a point where my mom would tell us to go to our room, and we wouldn't notice, and my parents would argue all the time. And I want to say about 12 years old is when I start realizing that my dad wasn't on just strictly um, alcohol. alcohol. And it was tough because at being that young and identifying that people have issues see my dad never grew up without a father his father he never claimed him never had anybody telling him hey this is right and this is wrong and starting as at that age i started realizing that there's more like people actually have problems and so when i found out what my dad was really on you know and so my dad was a avid crystal meth user um avid cocaine any kind of drug that would make him high meth was probably his his choice and being about 12 years old walking in and seeing it on the bathroom sink and you know having those images like still in my head like was just like it's disturbing and you're 12 years old and here you're going into your teens officially a year from being 13 and it's like, you're not going to learn about girls. You're learning about this. Right. How how did you take that in? Did you, like, let your parents know that you knew what was going on? Or did you just keep it to yourself and were like, you know what, I'm not going to say anything because they've been trying to hide it for so long? Yeah, so I think that's when I started lashing out. I okay. think that was like the, and then the things started really realizing to me. And I think, you know, I do ministry now. And one of the things I tell um when I was in the fourth grade, we had it. We had a place to live, and so I never missed a day of school. Like from kindergarten to the day I graduated, like I never missed a day of school. No matter what side of town you were at, you were still. Your mom made sure that you were still school. attending school. Yeah, yeah. I got a scholarship out of it. It's like the biggest thing ever. Like I'm a big fan wow. of education. Or even like you said, you didn't have a place to live. Yeah. So you're homeless. You're still going to school. Yeah. yeah. So I remember being um, in the parking lot in the fourth grade. And being in this, like, elementary school, and never realized, I was like, oh, I think we're just staying a night there. And I'm where my mom's ramp 1500 Dodge, it was white. And it's, like, this elementary school, and we're parked in the middle of the school. She put it in the park, and she's like, all right, you're going to sleep. And I was like, huh? what do you mean? What's, this she's is like, not home? This is yeah. camping out. Yeah, I was yeah. like, hey, we're camping out. I was like, oh, I got to go to school. <laughs> like, <laughs> And uh, it was crazy because I was like, at the time, I was like, oh, this is cool. We're sleeping in a truck. I used to like sleeping in cars even to this day. I don't yeah. know what it is. <laughs> the comfort and the of it or something for like, you. Even, she like, prepped you for life. Yeah, yeah. she did. Even knowing, bro. For yeah and so like even today like i'll go like before, when i was in college i would go and sleep in my car between between classes and it was so comfortable to me i was like knockout snore and everything there you go thanks mom you prepped him for college <laughs> <laughs> and so i remember like waking up and just being like in the morning and i was like i don't even think we had cell phones for like alarms back then because i still live in that i still like that premature yeah, yeah. so i go to school the next day and like nothing happened and i was like still the class clown and everything so when i was about 12 years old then i started realizing like man like things are not always um peachy as you think it is because it's the innocence of children you know yeah. what i mean some some people have it 
so far along in the, even their adulthood that they don't really realize what's going on. And then it really hits them at a certain age. And with you, it was when you were 12 years old. That right there just took your probably your world, which you thought of it. It was a complete opposite. Yeah, and I could say it took my innocence away. There you go, yes. Yeah, like I, I had that filter of like, you know, being goofy all the time, and then all of a sudden I'm like, holy crap, like what is going on, you know? And so about 10, about 12, 13 years old, my dad, um, so I'm Catholic. He attended an axe retreat. And so. Uh, Can you explain a little bit for people that don't know what an axe retreat is? So it, I'm, I'm aware of it. So it's, um, it's a retreat for people to like find God. Um, it's broken up into like adoration, community, theology, and service. It's a good way for people to find their faith, you know? And um, he attended one. And I remember being a little kid. Cause we had this thing where he we would surprise him. And I remember looking up at him and just him having this light of God in him and like being like all excited, like, Oh man. And I was like, my dad came up to me and hugged me. And it was, it I'm was, sorry. This is after you have found out what he was doing. Right. Gotcha. Okay. Right. So I already knew. And I was like, to me, when I going in, I was already in the mindset, like to take as a kid, like, man, this is total crap. Yeah. And he went and he was on fire and I was like, man, this could really change him. And man, like I was like all for it. We used to go like every weekend we'd go and go to these events and see these people like on fire for God. And I was like, man, this is awesome. This is really awesome. But previous to this, I had no type of relationship with God. Like I got baptized. I was like, it was completely clueless. It was kind of like the most, I I don't know what the correct, I don't want to say common, but I'm going to say like the most common thing growing up in a Hispanic household, it's like you get baptized, you have your first communion. It's not much of a choice. It's just like, well, that's what we do. So then that's what you were. So you were just going along with the traditions, let's say. Yeah. So like not, you know, we didn't even attend church. Like we were just like, (laughs) what is it? What is it? Christmas, Easter? When is it? Christmas, Easter. Those those times. Yeah. Special holidays. Yeah. It was like the holidays. Yeah. And you know, it always, this thing that used to stick with me in my head and I'm going to go, I'll say this later is I'm, my grandma used to always say, you know, God willing. And I'd be like, Grandma, I'm going to do this. She'd be God willing. And, <laughs> and like, this is a side note to that is that he used to always make me mad because I would be like, well, like, and I say this now. I was like, God is always willing. Amen. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's your, it's your, it's your option to go and make that, make it happen. God is giving you the tools. And, um, I think that's why I say, like, so when people always say God willing, it's like, God is always willing. It's what you want to do with it. Um, so that's a fruit that, that was the only identification of God that I had in my life. At Growing the time. up was your grandma just always saying God will. Yeah. So you go to this acts event, you see your dad and he has this fire of God in him. And you're just like, wow, this is something out of this world that you've never experienced. So you're 12, your dad already came out of rehab and all. So what happens? Where, where are you led after that? Is that where you follow God or does more happen within that i think there was a short period of time where everything was perfect um my dad was clean for a little bit and so um i think from that transition was probably probably the 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 worst part of my life so we went from him being on fire and him being clean to uh starting high school well it was like probably in the seventh eighth grade where i identified everything that was going on on me but the illusion that everything was fine um was really present in my life. And so we lived in this, um, we, we finally had a place to live. We, it was a one bedroom, one bedroom with efficiency. So it was a living room, the bedroom and the bathroom. 
like four. a studio yeah like kind of type of thing okay yeah and it was like a duplex like so it was like four people like four families living in one gotcha okay and it was not in our best place it was like where people were like selling drugs or uh people getting stabbed on the outside or and it was just you you three it was me my brother so your brother is seeing all this yeah my brother's experiences right now so it's me my mom my brother and me and um we're 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 it was really rough okay because we my mom worked two jobs and my dad was um in and out of working at one place and so we'd always eat and i remember this this is like the disgusting thing ever i can't even look at this thing we'd always eat mcdonald's and big red we drink big red every day <laughs> and i hate you you can't even bring mcdonald's like the same order that we would eat because we eat every day because my mom was tired from working all the time and we, that's that's the only thing that she could afford and then get eat for us to eat because that dollar menu was amazing it we was, used to do that right fire. you would just do oh, like <laughs> we relate to that well, mcdonald's now, was our said thing big red and barbacoa welcome to san antonio oh, yeah i was like <laughs> not gonna do big red. mcdonald's and big red but you know what i can't even drink i could drink big red for years after that because every day it was like big red was like 89 cents i don't know if you remember the big leader was 89 yeah. cents I, I, don't like, I don't like big red no <laughs> and so we were eating that every day and um so I was in the eighth grade, but I saw all the kids like have good families and like every, my kid, my friends that I had, um, I had built, I ended up going to a different school because at the school I was at, I got beat up by a lock. So my mom was like, Hey, you're going to go to a different school. And because you're not, cause he had threatened to stab me after he got out of ISS. So my mom being a mom, like she was, she's like, I'm not putting you in a place where you're not going to be in danger sent it to a different school and the school that I was going at, I have found some really good friends that had like a really family oriented oriented. Man, I was like, man, I remember being so jealous. I was like, dude, you guys got nice houses, PlayStation twos. Uh, you guys got it all made. Like even on my birthday, they bought me an iPod. Wow. Those <laughs> are some friends right there. <laughs> and I was like, wow, this is where the, this is where the, the this is where, this is what life's about. And, um, so we're living in his one bedroom apartment. My dad's my dad started slipping again because the place he was working at, he had some friends and started coming home all messed up. And at that point, you couldn't hide it. You couldn't hide it. And the big indicator that was seeing my father was like he would his jaw would pop and he would go like back and forth like this. And um I remember being there and just looking at him and just being like, Wow. Like, why me? You know, like, you know, I was still, I've always been good in school. I've always been, never missed a day of school. I've always been present, like, around, like, clubs and sports and stuff. I was really good at, at sports, you know. My parents never went to any of my games. Um, And I was like, why me? Like, you know. And then that, in that, in that point, I was really angry with God. Mm. Because the one time my dad was on fire and was, like, really there in all these years, because he had God and it was all an illusion. And um, so I probably, we lived there for about a year and a half. And so this is probably the defining moment when my dad, um, and I, I can't give you per se, but I can give you the events of what happened that day. So when I was, we were at home and I was, um, I remember being there at the house, the one bedroom apartment. And I can remember this like the back of my hand, like what happened, like the back, like just it, this image. So vividly. It, it plays from my head is that 
Um, and so my dad comes home and he's like messed up, like beyond messed up. And I remember getting like really mad. Pre- previous about like two weeks ago, me and my dad had gotten a physical altercation. First time in my life I've ever been with my parents. Were you still in junior high at this time? Yeah, I was probably in eighth grade. And um, he comes home, he's messed up, his jaws pop in. I'm so mad, so mad. And my dad gets, I don't, I don't know if it was an overdose that led to a stroke. Um, but I remember being there just like so upset. Like why me? Like I remember like just being so upset about with my dad and like that he couldn't kick whatever he was kicking. And there's nowhere I could hide. There's like not another room I can go to. I'm seeing this. And, um, He's in the bed next to me. So it was my my brother and my dad used to sleep in one bed. And I had like a twin size bed on the side and seeing that. And the ambulance comes. They pick him up. My mom asked me if I want to go. I was so angry that day. Like so upset. I said, no, go without me. They take my dad to the hospital. And I really thought about killing myself. And it's so crazy because I like minister to these teenagers that are like 14, 15 years old, 13, even 12, 12 to like 18. And they have the thought of suicide. And I was there and I can relate so much to them and for whatever they're dealing with. And I remember being at the lowest point in my life, you know, it's been about 15 years since I've dealt with that. And that image still plays with my head. So when I was when I was there in in the, in the thing, I was just like I don't want to live no more, and I was yelling out to whatever I didn't believe in, and I hear a knock at the door, like, and I remember turning around and said, "Go away!" <laughs> <laughs> like I was like upset. I was yeah. like, "Why, dude? This is my time. Go away!" And um, I think it was like three times, if I can remember clearly. Like, I don't know if it was somebody, like, a neighbor or anything, but I remember being in that moment and just being, like, I want to kill myself. Like, find a way. Like, I don't know if it was going to be some type of way. And I, I can't, I can't per se say how I was going to do it. You Maybe just I, knew that. Yeah. That's, you I just had didn't made up live your anymore. mind. That's it. That I can't do no more. And so when um, there was, like, three knocks, and, like, I would, every time I tapped, say, go turn around, I was like, go away, go away. And uh, I finally entered the door, and there was nobody there. Wow. <laughs> and I could tell you this, didn't know it was God at the time, but I remember crying, like sobbing, like you would have to have like a mop to come and clean up my tears. <laughs> like, have you ever just been weeping, crying? Yes. <laughs> to the point the that time, there's bro. nothing. <laughs> I'm yeah. married to her. Yeah. No, <laughs> I love you so much. I'm going to cry <laughs> right now. <laughs> Bring that mop over here. Bring that mop. <laughs> I just like cleaned it up right Man. And so, man, like, I could just tell you, right, I've never cried like a baby in my life. Like, I was like, can't catch my breath. And so it's crazy. So that moment happened. So I want to say a couple months later happened. So I, they took my dad. So from that point, my dad was diagnosed with schizophrenia. The stroke led to him to have a mental illness. So he has bipolar schizophrenia. To this day, my dad is not all there. Um, and your parents are, like you said earlier, they're still, they're still together. They're still together. 
And I'll go into a little bit later on about how it's affected me in my adult life. So I was like a freshman in high school and I had like, like this girlfriend, she was, she's, she's awesome. Like at the time, like, you know, she, she brought me to church and I was there in the youth group and so goofy. I was like, Hey, I'm here to have like a good time, maybe make some friends like do this kumbaya type of stuff, right? Because <laughs> some people just go for the lights, right? Yes. Like some people just yeah. go to feel good for a little bit, right? And so I was there, and I was like, I knew I didn't, I didn't believe in God, like, or didn't believe, or I was upset with Him. And so I was there at the youth group, and I was over there, like, you know, doing every Friday night. So I had quit football because it was just not for me. I just didn't like the people, like, I didn't like the confrontation, like, I didn't like the. Like, I still to this day, if someone says they're better than me or tries to act like they're all that and a bag of chips, I'm going to let you know something. You aren't. You know what I'm saying? Um, so I quit. And I, so I started going to youth group every Friday night. And we did this retreat called Life in the Spirit. And with this retreat, you know, and this is all for Christianity. Holy Spirit is like the end all be all. Like, that's, that's the thing. And so, and <laughs> this is what's transferred to my life now. So, we would do these retreats, and I was just like, whatever, it's cool. I get to speak. We were just going for the fun. Fun just Hanging it, out. Right? Yeah. yeah, I was like, hey, yeah. that's cool. You know, like, we spent eight hours ministering to maybe 15 to 200 people sometimes. And so I was, um, I had, they asked me to give a testimony. And I came up with this well, like, sought out <laughs> whatever bull crap so we're getting the real one then yeah, we're getting yeah, yeah we're, we're getting, getting the, the real, real one, one you're not making this one <laughs> yeah. i'm not making okay. i'm not making Just this up so i'm not okay. i didn't plan this uh, out <laughs> <laughs> but that one you did yeah so i remember like saying like you know god's like the quarterback you know jesus is like and something like the receiver i was trying to make a football analogy because okay. i really like football you know <laughs> and i was like people were really into it right like yeah. i was like but i was nervous i remember shaking and he's uh, not shaking y'all i and, promise he's not, and <laughs> not he, it's, it's crazy because i was there and the people that i were with in the back they know it was totally full of BS it. Yeah, BS yeah. It. the people of the congregation i'm sure they got something so we do this thing uh in the in this part of this retreat it's like pray overs right so people would just pray for you and some people what you call rest in the spirit you know not many people know that catholics we do this sometimes you know that's that's the catholic version that like and so I had this man come up to me, not even know, because in my, in my, um, in my testimony, I had said nothing about my father because at the time, you know, my dad was sick and I just had nothing to say about him. Nothing Were you still angry at the time? Oh yeah. Okay. So I was like furious. Like I would look at him and I would be arguing with my mom, even though it you know, wasn't even her fault. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just didn't know how to deal with it. I'm a teenager. You know how we're weird. You know, we like girls, like, you know what I'm saying? I'm there for a girl. Yeah. And so <laughs> there's this man there and man, super like Mexican, like super stern. He's more like, you know, like a manly or whatever. He looks at me and I'm like, what's up? <laughs> and so we do this thing where the man prays over you and behind somebody catches the person that falls and they rest in the spirit. So, um, they pray for this person. So the lady that was in front, um, and it, man, is so powerful. She, um, had just had three miscarriages, like back to back to back. She was married. She, her and her husband were trying. And she had a miscarriage. And for some reason I felt this overwhelming feeling of like, that's my mom. 
Oh my gosh. Because <laughs> my mom had three miscarriages before me. I was like her miracle child. And my my brother before me was a stillborn, so she had a lot of pregnant like complications in the marriage and uh, uh giving birth and stuff. So I felt my mom and I remember just crying. And I don't know, my youth minister at the time saw me and I, I just couldn't keep it together. And mind you, like I said, nobody knows anything about my dad. And um, I'm there. Everything's like, you know, so they bring me to the this corner in the room. And I still remember I have this vague image. And I was in this corner of the room. And this man doesn't speak a lick of English, doesn't know, doesn't know who I am. And touches my head and says, forgive your father. And I remember falling, like falling back and catching myself. And he said, let it go. And I let it go. So in that time that I visited with God, I realized that he was my real father. And he said that whatever my dad was dealing with, it wasn't his fault. He's a human just like everybody else. And getting that understanding at the age of 15 years old, it spoke volumes of where I am now today. And I cried so much. It reminds me of like that weeping, crying that I had. And I went from not having a relationship with God, being angry with him. I always thought I didn't I didn't believe in God. I was just angry with him. I think we all have. Yeah. We, we all go through that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so finding him and having him in my life. So from that day, I have dedicated my life to doing ministry. I went up and spoke in front of 200 people. <laughs> and I was like, hey, look what I just witnessed. <laughs> and uh, it's crazy because I, I really, that was the first day that I fell in love with God. And so from that point on, I worked to uh, reestablish my relationship with my father. Did you leave that place that day surrendering and forgiving, or did it still take you days and weeks and months? How was that? How was you destroying all of that, all of that anger with God and the forgiveness with your father? How long did that take? Was it? Did it happen from one day to another, or was it a work in progress? It was so much built up to that point. I just let it all go that day. It was obviously it was like certain things that I had to do to build that relationship back up. Um, during things I had to see differently, but at that point, it was all. It was just all like. I remember going to my dad and just being like, he couldn't understand at the time. He still has a hard time understanding. It's like, Dad, I forgive you. I love you. And it's it's hard because my dad's been sick for a very long time. 
my dad has a mental illness that he needs like constant care all the time. He has his appointments. He's in constant pain. He has a brain, um, like a wires through his brain into a heart monitor, so his legs don't move, so he can't. He goes crazy. And, but I remember just coming up to him and just be like, "Look, I found God." It's like I know how you felt that day you went in your actual tree. I know how you felt like you knew that He was your father. And that day was like, just, it's like, like, have you heard that song, Open the Floodgates of Heaven? No, I haven't heard that one. It's like, open the floodgates of heaven, let it rain. And I just felt like all of God's love just rained on me. And I, I felt this, I, I didn't realize that everything that I had dealt with was such a blessing. The things, the trials that I dealt with, the, 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 the things because it made me who I was. And obviously, like I'm being at 15, I still need a lot more to grow. But that was the foundation of where I really started living my life. And I was like, I spent 15 years not, not knowing and not doing for God that I dedicated. The other half of my life, I'm the back end of the 15 years of my 30 years, um, dedicating my life to God. So with that came with taking care of my family. I have a house that my parents live in. Um, my all twenties, I help support my families financially. I went to school, worked two jobs and I graduated from college and my degrees in communications, because right now I currently am a youth minister. And for the last 15 years, I've gone around the city, this all over States and really went and ministered from not just teenagers, Little kids, like little kids where we're talking about Noah's Ark. <laughs> <laughs> and then adults, um, I talk to them. I talk to anybody and I share what I've went through and how I experienced with God. Um, it's been a, in front of 10 people. It's been in front of 4,000 people. And I've been really blessed. And even my job now today, I, I service. That's just my life. So you're 15 years old when you have this breakthrough and everything after that has led you to where you are now. But how is your, you're in your father's relationship now. I know you said that at that time and possibly even now still, he doesn't understand and you've forgiven him, but are you able to have conversations with him? Are you able to be around him wholeheartedly and just enjoy y'all's times or do you hang out and do you get flashbacks from your past or have you like officially like i mentioned before like surrendered that and left that back then so how is that so i could say like at that point at 15 i couldn't even look at him i couldn't even be in the same room with him but i didn't have a choice um that day that it, I, I did get prayed over it was like um there's 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 nothing there's nothing that I could say. I've forgiven you. So my dad has like understanding of like 30 seconds, like of what he has now because he's incapable of doing that. Okay. But I can okay. go up to him to be like, dad, I love you. And I think a lot of going back, just the understanding of where he came from and understanding what he dealt with and understand that he found God. I think I can clearly say that I have a, a great relationship with my dad. God. Um, <clears throat> one of the reasons that I, I wanted to bring you on here and I told Jazz uh, briefly, but she didn't want to hear it. Uh, what do you call it? It's because I, I 
from all this, at any point, instead of staying straight, you could have veered off. Right. You know, there's people that are living saying good things aren't supposed to happen. This is my life. This is this. I live in the hood. I'm going to die in the hood. Right. You know, and and you went through all this in your life at a young age where you could have caught, got caught up in gangs. Mm-hmm. You could have caught, got caught up in the drugs. Uh, at any point, you could have just freaking just said, you know what? This is my life. If my dad's doing it, shit, it's okay for me to do it. He's not going to care. Hey, we're going to be best buddies <laughs> and, and, and sharing drugs and all that. I mean, he's leaving them here on the kit, on the in the restroom. Right. Uh but look at you, man. I mean, you, you know, uh, I don't want to say you made it because you're young. Yeah, and I think you got way, way a lot of things to, to do, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? So th- that was the main thing that, that caught my attention from your story because we've talked, chatted yeah. up before and all that. Um, but, yeah, man, it's, it's just just uh, it's crazy, you know, for, for, for people to say that, you know, uh, all they got to do is believe, you know. And, and like you said, it's not uh, at God's will. It's it's. It is. Yeah. God, God yeah. is willing. Yeah. God is God willing. Is willing yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, that's, that's the one main thing I wanted to, to bring out from all this. So it's, it's just awesome. Man. It's a great. And I do testimony. have, uh, I have, yeah, I, I'm, I'm in awe because like I said, when Manny, I, I don't exactly remember what you said, something about him growing up and I go, I don't want to hear it. Like I want to hear his testimony when we are, uh, when we do the, the episode. And so I'm, I'm shocked. I'm in awe because my whole mentality coming here, I'm like, Chris, okay, of when I've interacted I mean, with how, him. How hard of a life could he have really lived? I mean, yeah, yeah, like really? Okay. But Manny. Yeah. That, that did cross my head. Like, wait, what could he have gone through? No, but this whole time I thought, man, like, you know, he's into ministry yeah. and he, you know, he works out. He has, you know, he has an amazing, incredible job that you've been in your career. I shouldn't say job. It's a career yeah. that you've right, right. been in for so long. Wow, he 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 used to drink or he used to do drugs. <laughs> he was the one doing it. That was just my mentality, you know, because I I would have never ever thought like you know of your of your parent going through something like that. Which I know there's a lot of people whose parents have and are still at this time going right. through that. Right, right. But I just thought it was like, what did Chris do? What did he do? And it wasn't. I mean, you did have a big part of it. Not. I'm not saying that what you did be. That's the reason why your dad, you know, did the stuff that he did. But you did do something and you decided to forgive. Right. That's huge because many of us and I will be the first one to say I am battling with forgiveness at the time. And I just want to tell you that, you know, every time and I've said this before that before we start a podcast, uh, excuse me, an episode, we always pray. And my number one thing to say in that prayer is that I pray that it speaks into someone's heart, that it changes someone's life. And that's what I was praying at the time right now, right? When we started the episode. Really good, by the way. Thank (laughs) you so much. And now I'm like, I'm sweating because I'm nervous because I'm like, why are you doing this to me? I'm telling you, and I will share with you when the day comes that I wholeheartedly forgive. It spoke to me. I need to be the one to forgive one of my parents. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm just like, but why? God, I meant that. I meant that prayer for someone else, which I still hope it does speak to someone else. But now I'm the one here that it spoke to me. So I, I can't thank you enough for sharing that because I would have never imagined that it would have had impacted me the way that it did. But I know, I know for a fact it's going to impact someone else out there. 
Well, it's a great test, a testimony, and we appreciate you coming on. That from struggle comes greatness. I mean, it, it really does. You know what I mean? You you, you can't start off. That. How do you know you're 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 uh, achieving achieving and becoming a great person overall if you've never struggled? Right. You know. So, out of uh, chaos, no point intended. Yeah, no pun intended. <laughs> comes greatness. You know. So yeah. And shout out to your mom. I, I I have never met your mom, but me being a mom myself, I admire that a lot. Like she, everything she did, that is what a mom will do for their child. You know, she made sure you were getting to school. She made sure that, hey, she took you from one school to another because if not, you know, you were going to get beat up or even worse, <laughs> right? She always made sure that your education was number one. Right, right. And thank God for that because, again, with the career that you have now and what you do, of course, she plays a big part of it. And she's a very strong woman, you know, because up until this day, no matter what she went through, she made sure you kids came first, you and your brother. But look, she's still by, she's still right there by your dad's side, caring for him. Yeah. And that, and I think that's really important is like to not give up on love and not to give up everything. Because at the end of the day, like, it, and I'm just to piggyback on your forgiveness, and I think you know this already, it's like, it's, it's not just for the person. Correct. It's for oh, yourself. absolutely. You know that. Yes. And, yes. um. It's actually more for yourself. Yes, right. Absolutely. Heck yeah. yeah. Yep. So being able to forgive is like, it's amazing. Because if I if I was still carrying um, that weight on my chest or on my back, I probably would have gone through that. um, Those bad. Because I saw I saw the drugs, saw the 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 gangs, I saw all that. But I chose I chose life. I chose to live it. I chose to be um, work hard. I chose to have my faith in the center of everything that I do in my life. I'm not perfect, but I know that I got to work towards it. No matter if I'll never get there. And you're so young and you've already done so much in these past 15 years. So I can just like, it's just going to be even more because you have that fire. You know how you said that you saw that in your dad. I feel that with you right now, Chris, I really do. Like, I feel that you have that love for God. You have that love for ministry. You're there for you, the youth. Yes. You also for, for adults, but because, and again, thank God you went through that because you're able to be there for these other young men and women, you know, that are going through that. And what better than you, than you being placed in their lives to say, you will get through it because this is how I got through it. And at the end of the day, it was because of God. Right. That knock, those three (laughs) knocks, that is amazing. I will never forget that because that's when he was knocking to you three times like, hello, open the door. And you're like, nope. I'm here. Yeah. And he's (laughs) like, are you going to open it or not? And he says, you're like, no, you're crying away. You're still looking for that mop, you know? (laughs) And the third time, and he's, I feel like he just stepped back. He says, okay, you know what? You're, you're going to come back. I already, I already invited you, but you don't want to right now. And look, you ended up, you ended up uh, accepting him. I feel like that was a metaphor of like opening the door to him. And then he came months later, but that was like, Hey, you're welcome. He's always welcome, but I welcome it. Mm -hmm. And you accepted him. Right. Wow, that was I. That threw me off. I'm seeing many. I'm glad I told you. Don't tell me anything because I'm still in awe, and I can't thank you enough for being here and sharing this. I know we can talk on and on and on because there's so much more to this, but this is just man. This is this is incredibly amazing. Thank you so so much, Manny. No, can't add any more to it. I mean, you knocked it out of the ballpark just like I knew you would, man. 
So really yeah. appreciate the time to come out and hopefully it uh, reaches uh, somebody, you yeah. know. Uh, and we'll be, you know, in the, in the, what would I call it? The caption and the info of this episode, I'll be tagging Chris's Instagram and any youth out there or any adult. I mean, it, you know, anybody, any age, you know, you're going through something. I, Chris is so more than willing to help people. Trust sure, me. Yeah, yeah. He, um, I was going through a season in life last year and he was helping me in, in other ways of, for me venturing out into the workforce <laughs> because I was a stay at home mom for so long and Chris was there and he was helping me out in, in any way possible. So he's, he's willing to help out, you know, that's him. He's, you know, that's what he does. That's right. his very style. approachable. Yes. Very. very. Approachable. So he'll, I, I, I guess I should have asked you if it was okay to add your Instagram. Yeah, I mean, now, <laughs> it's already too late, right? Yeah, it's too late now. But, you know, you can have somebody, you guys, Chris is here. He's willing to help, and he's going to help you in the God-given way that he knows. So thank you so, so much again. This was amazing. I loved it. First episode of 2023 with um, with the guest. Yes, yes, absolutely. Can't kick it off any better. Y'all, I really hope that you enjoyed this episode as much as we did. I'm still in awe. I greatly appreciate it. Manny, you have any last words? Yeah, um, I just wanted to, uh, if you, if Chris of today was to take anything or I guess, what am I trying to say? If Chris from today were to look back at the Chris from back then, what would what would you tell him? If you were the one knocking on that door. Yeah, if you were the one knocking on the door. Chris of today. Um, I would say one thing that I always tell people. There's a song. It's called You Won't Relent. It's a Christian song. And that whatever, it's, there's a part in the song that says, I don't want to talk about you like you're not in the room. I want to look right at you. I want to sing right to you. And for me, I always say that God is always present and through my mother's love, through the people that love me, that he's there present and you don't even know it. And to relate that to a person that there is love and that's God, that comes from God and it roots from God. That's what I would tell a person at that time that you might not feel it, but it's there because God is there. Amen. <laughs> Peace, love, God bless. We are out.